Hey there, I'm Matt Tommy, and over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of Christian artists all over the world start thriving spiritually, artistically, and in the marketplace, while at the same time building my own super successful art business. If you're ready to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live in His kingdom, then you're in the right place, my friend. Now with over a million downloads, you're listening to the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. Well, hey, my friends, I'm so glad that you're with me on another edition of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. Listen, hold on to your seats because I've got an incredible guest that is here today. Rachel, I'm so glad that you are here with me, my friend. We're going to have a great time, aren't we? Yes, we are. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, you're you're one of these people that does everything. Like, I don't even know how to introduce you because you're like, like, does she does she write? Yes. Does she coach? Yes. Does she sing? Yes. Does she create art? Yes. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna get out of the way and let you introduce yourself for those folks that are are just getting to to know you and, and what you do. I love that introduction in itself because that is me, everything that you said. So I try to shorten it by saying I'm a writer, speaker, podcast host, and I um, have a brand agency. Uh, But the thread of my life has been being a creative. I mean, I started off writing poetry. Then I wrote songs. Uh, It went into me singing. I used to love to draw. And I was like, man, I'm good at like a little bit of everything here. So I had to (laughs) pick and choose what was going to be my thing. So I really stuck to singing for a very long time. And then um, my love for writing um, came from my mom and my passion for reading came from my dad. So in my adulthood, I was like, you know, I think this is the angle that I want to go. So I really decided to go with the more creative component of being a writer and how I could really um, encourage people through my writing. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Did did you have a professional uh, context, I guess, for creativity growing up? Did you have other people that you knew, I guess, making a living from their creativity or was it kind of everybody was working normal jobs and they were looking at you crazy for wanting to try to make a living. That was it. I had, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, you know, I was really the only person in my family that went the creative route. I played the flute, like, listen, all of these different things. I played the flute. I taught myself piano and I just fell in love with creativity probably around the time. um, I want to say when I was eight or nine, when my parents got divorced, Mm. but I was already getting into it, but we joined the church and that was the first time I ever really got into the choir component of things and something about creativity really sparked when I joined the choir. Um, I won't say that at the time I was like the the greatest singer (laughs) I was learning. Right. And I had some people around me that I'm like, I want to sing like that when I grow up, (laughs) but it really sparked something in me uh, when I added it to the fact that I love to draw and already love to do poetry at a very young age. So I didn't have that around me, but I feel like God used it as a tool to walk me through different seasons of my life. Yeah. And, um, I'm so appreciative of that. Isn't it interesting? I think, you know, God is so gracious with us. He uses different parts of our creativity to bring provision in our life in different seasons, but also he can use that or a different side of it to bring healing in our life as well. I I think like for me, these last few years, I've made my living from my baskets and, you know, doing woven sculpture and all that sort of thing. And my music turned into the place of healing and connection with him. Whereas for many years, I was making a living as a worship pastor and as a musician and, and my baskets and my visual art was a hobby. And so it's like, isn't it? I just think it's so important for all of us to, to hold what we do loosely, because if we ever tie our purpose 
to the expression of what we're doing or the season that we're in, it makes it really difficult to switch, doesn't it? When when the Lord moves, because how many of you know the cloud moves, right? Like yes, it does. And exactly. you've seen that in your life, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think about when I was younger and I was, you know, in the choir and I was singing and I was uh everything around me had to do with music. I mean, all my friends were singers, uh, every my weekends were spent singing, my weekends were spent working on my instruments. That's all I did in school. I was in the band room. My life was spent in the band room. I don't even know how I passed all my other classes because that was life for me. I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be in the first chair, like all of those things. And I, I remember maybe about six years ago when my daughter, she she came to me one day because I stopped singing. Let me let me preface by I was like, I'm I'm done singing. Singing was for me. Uh, my parents divorced. And then in my first marriage, I was a minister of music at the church. Yeah. So it was kind of connected to some pain. And I didn't realize it at the time until my husband and I, who we happened to meet in the music studio, by the way, um, <laughs> when my husband and I, when we got married, I was like, I'm done singing. And I just stopped singing altogether. I mean, how do you go from singing your whole life yeah, yeah. to no longer singing ever again? And my daughter, she was maybe about three years old. And she came to me and she said, mommy, can you sing? Um, what did she say? Uh, mommy, can you sing Jesus Loves Me? And I was like, huh, why does she want me to sing? I was like, I'll sing it tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Not a proud mom moment. I was, <laughs> but I was starting to feel something like, why is she asking me to sing that? That was random. And the next day she asked me, can you sing? And it was like another song. It was like a little kid song. So I'm like, I sang it to her. And she started asking me every day. And every day I would notice this irritation around it. I'm like, why am I irritated that my baby wants me to sing to her? What is going on? Yeah. And so I was talking to my husband. I'm like, I can't figure out what's going on with me. Why, why do I feel this way? So a couple of days later, um, I was just preparing and uh, getting ready for the day. And God said, you know, Rachel, you have connected seeing with my pain, with, with pain, not my pain, but with pain. Wow. But I want you to connect it with my glory and my goodness. Mm. And I'm going to do that through your daughter. And so um, I started singing with her. Like, okay, whatever this is that she's doing, God is using her. Like God will use our children in the most amazing ways. Yeah, come on. And I started singing. Lo and behold, as she got around six, she's nine now. I started listening to her voice. I'm like, hmm, she has a beautiful voice. Wait a minute. And when I say she's nine now, this girl Things so beautifully. Wow. And what I didn't realize was that my healing was connected to her healing. Mm. My healing was connected to her calling. So she was asking me to sing because God needed to heal me because in me singing, well, like when we go to church now, she stares at me during worship. But if I was still closed off and like, I don't want to use that gift anymore. Yeah. So he used, he allowed me to go through that season I use that gift. And now I'm I'm like off writing. I'm like, I don't have to ever sing again, right? Like I'll sing in the house when I need to, but I'm off writing, not even thinking anything about singing, but it was generational. He's like, you're passing this on and I need you to experience healing so that you can pass on the gift to your daughter in a uh. healed form. So it, it, it was just, I have continued to see that what we do and the creative gifts that God gives us, it's not just for us. Oh, but yeah. it is it is going to be for the generations to come and for the voice that we have in this season and the seasons to come. Yeah, I I just love the picture of that because I think we've all seen in our own, you know, things that we've been through in our life. You can either pass on a, a remnant of healing in your life or you can pass on woundedness 
and trauma is, you know, responses in your life. And you look at, you know, why are so many people, you know, have this abuse and trauma and woundedness and bad thinking and, you know, messed up mindsets perpetuated generation after generation after generation. And I think that it's it's usually because somebody <laughs> had a wound or somebody went through a trauma and they developed a, a messed up coping mechanism and they just replicated that over yes. and over and over again. And we've all been recipients of that. We've all been purveyors of that I think, right. probably <laughs> exactly. in, some, yes. in some place in our life. But at the same time, there are places when you can say, nope, I'm going to deal with this and I'm going to pass on healing and I'm going to pass on wholeness. And I just, I love that the Lord allowed you to to really see that in your life. And let me tell you what happened after that. It's as if I passed the mantle on to her and things with my writing started to open up mm. so much. I mean, I was getting such download. I would sit down and spend time with God and it was like, I had content out of this world. But before I was writing, but it was really coming from Rachel. Yeah. And then it began to really just be Holy Spirit led with my writing. It was like, here, you pass this mantle and I'm going to release more to you. So it was wow. just a beautiful exchange. Wow. I love that. Now, Rachel, you are what they call a polymath. I learned that word several years ago. That's a, that's a $5 word right here on this podcast. Right, there you go. <laughs> Tell me what it means. <laughs> that means we like to do everything. And uh, I'm the same way. I've gone through seasons in my life where I'm doing my art, writing, music, you know, I, I owned a marketing firm for a number of years. I mean, lots of different things. I would say probably that one of the biggest questions I get from artists uh, is, Matt, how do I choose what to do in this season? Because I love so much. I love so much creative expression because I really believe, I was teaching this actually last night at a workshop, you know, focus is foundational for artistic mastery and mastery is foundational for development of your unique voice and your unique voice is what gives you the edge in the marketplace. So unless you focus, you know, in what you're doing, it's really difficult to develop the mastery and the uniqueness that you need to, to stand out of the marketplace. So how have you done that? How do you continue to do that to know the season of what, part of your creative expression is taking the forefront and what other pieces are maybe taking the backseat or, or just coming alongside in a supportive way? That's a great question. Uh, I find that it's very important to be in tune with where I am seeing fruit. And what I mean by that is there are times when I may have put a whole bunch of energy into something, but over here, it seems like I'm starting to get calls about this specific thing yeah, where people yeah. are requesting me for this. Okay. I have to be willing to move because I love to say that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So why would God only give those few laborers one thing to do? So I'm going to be <laughs> moving all about because there's not enough people. So I have to pay attention to, okay, there seems to be this um, movement happening over here. And so there are times when God will prepare me. And, and let me say this, what I find is that God prepares for the plan he has that he wants us to execute. Yeah. So often we are trained that, okay, plan, plan, plan so that you're prepared and then you execute. But in the kingdom, what I notice is that he prepares us. He prepares us in childhood. He prepares us through events. Then he says, okay, here's a plan I have for you with what I've already prepared you for. And now you're going to execute. So we spend a lot of time in that preparation. So what I, what I find is that I may be preparing something over here and then it's like a pause, nothing's happening, nothing's brewing. And then he'll say, now shift to this over here. So I'll go to that over there and it's brewing, and then some, something will start happening on the other thing that was sitting for a while. So I have to always be attentive 
to where he is leading me. I mean, this is yeah. literally being led by the spirit because I have to pay attention not to what I want. I may want this culture thing to like take off, but he may be saying, well, right now, this is what's going to take off yeah. because I'm still putting things in line over there. So I have to be willing to be re- really fluid and flexible. Yeah, that's so good. I, I always tell people, follow the favorite, right? Wherever you see yeah. the favor showing up, just follow, just keep, keep going in that direction. And I think, I think also, you know, as a creative because people ask me a lot, Matt, you know, you seem, you seem to do a lot, but you don't seem to be overwhelmed. Like, you know, how do you have capacity and not be overwhelmed? And I think it's it's part of what you're saying there. It's like, I'm doing a lot, but it's all within my lane. It's all yes. within my, you know, as some people would say, my zone of genius, if you will, you know, that I'm in this place of, uh, you know, symbiotic relationship where this thing is you know, maybe I'm mentoring over here, maybe I'm writing over here, maybe I'm speaking over here, but it's all me. It's all working together. And I think I think when people get in trouble, especially when you think about multiple streams of income and, you know, receiving finances into your life and all that, it's kind of when, when people start trying to do that outside of their design, outside of their assignment, just thinking, oh, I'm going to go get on that multi-level marketing thing. And I'm going to go to this conference and learn how to do that. And she made a lot of money doing this. I'm going to run over there and do that that's when you get disjointed and it doesn't seem to be working and frustration comes and and the enemy can, can just really paralyze you. Absolutely. I, I, I've seen that happen specifically with someone that I know. And there was this event that they were, that they were doing and they created this whole thing. I'm like, well, you don't do anything with that. So how's that gonna, how's that gonna flirt? Like, how are you going to to prepare that? And and nothing happened with it. And I, and I believe that one of the most difficult things to do is be okay with what's in your hand. Yeah. What's in my hand is what God has equipped me with. And I don't have to look at what everyone else is doing. If I really believe that this is something that he's equipped me with and that he's called me to, then I'll, I'll be perfectly fine. I have enough right here and I have to just be willing to flow with the move of the spirit. Yeah. And you know that I've just learned as I as I get older, I'm still very young and vital. Hello, but I'm I'm gonna be 50 and, and you know, I'll be 49 this year. I'll be 50 next year. That's usually how that works. But um my wife says, Why don't you ever say the age you are? I said, I always say I'm gonna be 49. She's like, No, you're 48. I'm like, I know, but I, I just I'm looking, I'm a this visionary. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward, you know. But I love it. <laughs> but I think it's I'm learning. And as I work with people, you know, at at all different places in their life, I learned that being able to recognize the season that you're in, um, you know, my calling as an artist, my calling as a father to artists and an encourager, it looks different in this season of life than it did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. And if I'm still trying to do life like I did it back then, um, or with those expectations, that can bring a lot of frustration as well. So again, I just echoing what you're saying about knowing the sons of Issachar, right? They knew the times right. and they knew what to do. That That's key yeah. in this, isn't it? Yeah. And I think so often people can kind of get lost in looking at other people and looking at where they should be. Yeah, And that may not be where God has you, right now for a reason. Like there's literally a reason why you're right where you're at. There's something for you to learn. There's something for you to know so that you can contribute well in your next season, in the season that is to come. So I think just learning to be okay with that and serving and doing and all that God has called you to do in this season. So you could end that season well. Yeah. So one of the things I know you're passionate about is, you know, personal branding and how you're represented in the marketplace and we both, you know, have a passion for that. And I think it is increasingly important, especially for people who are 
this sort of polymath personality where you may be doing a number of different things. Talk to everybody that's listening, you know, Rachel, about this idea of personal branding, especially when it comes to the fact that you may be doing multiple things in your life. How do you brand a brand that is multifaceted? How do you present that unified voice uh, in a way that's going to be cohesive and, and, and powerful? Yeah, that's exactly where a personal brand comes in. It is for the people. Every person I work with has multiple things that God has called them to do. And it's very difficult to brand this idea and call that business A, and then this idea and call that business B and business C. And now you're like, I have 50 different businesses, (laughs) but you're running all of them. So why not just brand you? And then people can find what they need as they come to your specific brand. Mm. So, I, I mean, it was really developed, number one, and something my dad would always tell me as a teenager, which is that your reputation goes further than you do. And I added that component of so does your brand and you, your reputation is your brand. So as an artist, as a creative, I want to make sure that what I am putting out there represents me well, because it's going to go places I may never step my feet in, but people will know me. People will talk about me. People will have things to say all based off of how I represent it. So there are just some key components to really realizing, okay, I may not have a business because I I took this pressure and it's still a business, but I mean a business entity as in, okay, I'm going to create a business name. Really, my business name is Rachel G. Scott. You know, that is my brand. (laughs) That is what I represent. And, you know, anything that is connected to that, I find ways to take Rachel G. Scott and multiply her in the many different facets of what I do. So it takes that pressure off of, okay, let me come up with this random business thing for this new business idea and this new business thing. And I can say, what else does Rachel G. Scott do today? This is what she does. I can serve you in this way and continue to add to it as God continues to show me new parts of who I am, right? Because that, like you said before, the things that I did, the seasons years before, I now can take those things and put them into this season. But there are still things I don't even know that I'm capable of doing because I haven't even had to access that area. Sure. But when sure. I do, guess what? That's going to be a part of my brand. So yeah. it allows me to evolve in a different way that maybe just having a business name couldn't. Yeah, I totally agree. I tell artists all the time, people, I don't know if it was a thing in the 80s or 90s or whatever, people got into you know calling themselves these these uh, fancy business names and all this kind of stuff like Holy Ghost Artists Outreach to the Nations Incorporated with Healing Ministries, et cetera, <laughs> incorporate. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, it's Matt Tommy. I mean, like, that's who you are. It's Rachel G. Scott is, you know, right. and, and I, I always tell people, you know, it's like when somebody's going to look for you, what's the first thing they're going to look for? It's your name. It's your image. Exactly. It's your, fa- you know, that's you're the, like you're saying, you're the brand. And so I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I've kind of, you know, for me, I've got the mentoring side of what I do and I've got the, the basket side of what I do. And I kind of, I figured out early on that those two clientele were completely different. And so, you know, I have a matttommy.com that's for my basketry. Then I have Matt Tommy mentoring that's for my books and speaking and mentoring program and da, 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 all that kind of stuff. But it's still me. It's still me as the, as the person, as opposed to, you know, trying to come up with some other fancy business name. So and I think and that that's simplifies where, things, doesn't it? It does. That's what I was going to say. I think I was getting confused with all this. <laughs> People were asking, what do you do? Well, I have this business and this business and this business. And it's like, you know, this is just too confusing. So, yeah. I mean, like even my brand agency is my initials, RGS Group. Like yeah. that is probably the closest to a different name that I would go. But everything else, 
I create a, a page. It's Rachel G. Scott. And the only reason the G is there, because I get people asking me like, why do you use a G? Because Rachel Scott, one thing I encourage people to do is always research your name. Yeah. Because people have similar names and they may have a very strong story. So the Rachel Scott was a part of the Columbine shooting. And so she has a very strong presence, a very strong story. And I don't want to pull away from hers. Um, And so, I mean, it's still my name. So I had to add the G. So I encourage people do the research on the name. You may have to use your middle name and your last name or your first name. You know, you may have to change it up a little bit, but you are then branding your name as opposed to just the business component of it so that you can um, grow and you can have that that um, opportunity to evolve and your business can have the opportunity to evolve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of your brand, I know people are going to want to connect with your brand and connect with you and find out more, all the great things that you're doing. So Rachel, where can folks go online to to get into your world and, and find out all the great things that are going on? Yes. If you go to rachelgscott.com, you can find um, all the things I'm doing as well as on social media. I am Rachel G. Scott on pretty much all the platforms right there. I love it. I love it. consistency, right? All the way. All no, the way branding. I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> Well, Rachel, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I just, I love what you're doing, your heart to help people, to live the life that God's called you to. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. So it's been thank you for a great time. It's such a pleasure. Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.